glad you're with me today. Welcome back. I hope you have had a good day today already and that this will help you make it even a better day as you open up God's Word and study with me from 1 John chapter 3. We're talking about the fact that Jesus is coming. Uh, John says that when Christ appears and then he says when we, we will see him as he is and we shall be like him. Now that's an, an amazing statement. We shall be like him. That includes so much. And I can't, I don't fully understand that except to know that when I think of Christ on earth, I think of how wonderful he was and just think that I might be somewhat like him, like that. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul picks this same theme up. He says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. So one of the ways we're going to be like him, we're going to have a body like Jesus had when he rose from the dead. Not, not his body before his resurrection, but his body after his resurrection. You see, he had a spiritual body. He could be seen and recognized, but he also was beyond that. He, could, he, he had no limits of time and space, and he was spirit as well. And he could, like he was with his disciples one night and then he was gone. And, when, and then he was not there and then suddenly he appeared. He didn't come through the door. He didn't climb in the window. He was just there. And so the Bible says that our human bodies, our dust bodies that are going to die, that get sick and, and return to dust, that we're going to have a body like he had after his resurrection. We're going to be like him. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For with this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. We're going to have a new body, and it's going to be an eternal body. This body's a physical body. You see, God's plan of salvation for us is complete and it's total and it's perfect. And it first provides for what we call our justification. That's the act of God whereby when we trust him as our Lord and Savior, he declares us as sinners righteous before him and removes our sin and gives us eternal life. And then he also will provide for what the Bible calls our sanctification, and that's the act of God in us. That's a continuing act whereby he breaks through the power of sin in our lives after we're saved, after we trust Christ, and he continues to make us into the likeness of Christ. He continues to get the things out that shouldn't be there and put the things in that should be there as we, as we seek him, as we trust him, as we depend upon him. And then the Bible talks about our glorification, and that's the act of God whereby he transforms our humble body into a glorified body and gets us ready for our eternal habitation. It's the final act of glorification for which the believer waits, and it's referring to in the Bible as the redemption of the body. Our humble body will be conformed to the body that Christ had after his resurrection. We'll be like him. Not only will we be like him 
physically, but we will be like him morally. For when Christ comes again, the process of sanctification will reach its consummation and the believer will be transformed morally so that sin no longer dwells in him, nor will he commit any more sin. Just imagine there won't be any more sin in us. There won't be any more temptation toward it. And furthermore, the body will be changed and will never again be subject to death and decay. Thus we shall be like Christ. We will truly be his son, his daughter, his child in the fullest sense of the word. Uh, a missionary tells about a group of believers in a, in a new place uh, in the world where they'd never had the gospel preached and they had just come to know Christ and they were translating First John into their language when they came upon the statement, we shall be like him. The person translated laid down his pen and exclaimed, no, 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 it's just too much. That maybe we could put there, we shall kiss his feet. You see, they felt that it just couldn't be. It's too much for the love of God to love us so much that he would make us like himself. But that's what he says. And he's not only going to appear, we're not only going to be like him, but we're going to see him just as he is. I don't know all that that means either, but I think for the first time we shall see Christ in all his glory. We will see the fullness of his love for us, his suffering for us, and all that he is in his divine person. We'll see him just as he is. But there's one question. What are we doing about it? John says we're his children. God says we shall be like him. But what are we doing right now? And the Bible says we should fix our hope on him. Notice the words. All who have this hope, in him, purify themselves just as he is pure. Now, the word hope here doesn't mean what hope means today. When we use the word hope today, we mean, I hope so. We mean, I think it might work out. I'm hoping it'll work out. I'm believing it'll work out. I'm kind of got the thinking that it might work out. But here, hope means certainty. It means absolute assurance. The hope he gives us is we are going to be like him. And therefore, in the light of that, we should be pure. We should live a pure life. I think mothers know about how this purity works. Your little boy has been playing in the street, and he's covered with dirt. He comes in. You send him to the bathroom to purify himself, and like little boys, he turns on the water, runs his hand through it real quickly, turns it off, and wipes his hand on the towel and comes back out. You look him over and say, you're not clean. But he says, I wash myself, but look at the dirt on your hands and on your arms and on your face and behind your ears. You're not clean at all. Then every wise mother said, did you use soap? Of course he didn't use soap. He just ran some water over his hand. So you send him back to get the soap and to wash himself thoroughly so that he can be clean. And that's what the Bible says we should daily make sure that we are clean. And what's our soap? Our soap is the Lord's purifying agent that he forgives us and he cleanses us and he makes us all what we need to be. If we sin, we confess it and be cleansed. And if and then if we ask him to enable us not to sin, the blood of Jesus Christ just keeps on cleansing us from all sin. This means that we are to take seriously of our relationship with others and our relationship with him and representing Christ before the world and living as believers because, folks, Jesus is coming. We're going to see him. We're going to be like him. We're going to get to, to know him like we never have before. And we're going to experience something that we never thought possible. God bless you. I hope you have a great day. 
This might be the day. Live in the light of his coming.